new beginning. Welcome to the Grief Dreams podcast. My name is Sean Ram, alongside Dr. Joshua Black and wonderful Jade Carling Black. So excited. It's all three of us on at the same time, which uh, sometimes we weren't able to do this year, but it's great that we even all got on the mic at some point this year. But welcome, everyone. Hi, good morning, guys. Hi, Jade. Yeah, it's it's nice to have everyone back on the mic together. We usually do these you know, separately when people uh, can't make it and people fill in and stuff. But it's nice to just be able to chat. I think the listeners want to know what's going on in, in our lives. Because um, we don't really share too much on when we're interviewing people. We're more or less, we care about what's going on in their lives, the the guest. So it's nice to be able to just chat about what, what happened with us in the last year or so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and especially trying to remember last year. <laughs> it's been it's been an odd one, right? It's been uh, a pandemic filled year. It's it's uh it what can I say? Um yeah, I guess I guess we'll do I interview you? you <laughs> so let's let's start with, you know, a Jade. Jade, can you go back in your mind? I know it's hard to to list and, and go back and see how the year's been, but how's it been for you in general? It's been good, actually. And a part of me kind of struggles with feeling bad about saying that, but in the same breath, not really. But it's been incredibly a rewarding year for me career-wise and just had lots of aha moments, a lot of recalibration and just, you know, stabilizing my intentions, like where I want to go, you know, career-wise and with some of my passion projects and stuff. So in that sense, it's been really great. And then, you know, obviously just navigating my understanding of the pandemic and how that's impacted work and and family life and my daughter and kind of navigating all that has been challenging. Obviously, I've never been here before, so I have nothing to go off in terms of like, how do I make sense of a pandemic and all the restrictions and like moving through all that. So it's been a learning curve for sure, but lots of really high moments, like lots of lots of wins for me. So I feel like I made a lot of progress this year and yeah, feeling positive about that and feeling even more optimistic about 2021 and and how that's going to unfold. So interesting. That sounds really cool and, and kind of similar to uh, my year. But I, I just wanted to ask you, what are, let's start with maybe one or two things that were hard or difficult for you and one or two things that uh, like you were talking about career wise, maybe or personal wise that you're you're I guess proud of and you felt like that was a good thing uh, that you accomplished or went through absolutely I think I think difficult was like in March maybe it was March or April when we like shut down and my office building um, was on restrictions so we were required to work from home and I figured out like I don't I don't know how to do that like I don't know how to do that as a, as a, as a mother. So it was like melding those worlds of like having my daughter at home and trying to meet my deliverables. It's really hard. Like Mm -hmm. it's, I realize I am way more productive in an office setting when I can kind of have a barrier between those two things. I'm, it's way easier for me to be present in each of those settings, but melding them together It's like, I had so many moments where I'm like, this is why this isn't a thing. Like, this is why people either like work or they're like stay at home moms. Like it's, 
it's rare that that people are like all in both worlds because it's like especially at her age like she's a toddler she's three it's not like you're just getting snacks all day you you're (laughs) distracted yeah she's hungry she wants to play like so there was like moments where i was like how, how like i don't even think this is possible I, I I was like, I don't, you know, just trying to get my head around that. So that was hard, so hard. And I realized I'm a better mother when I'm working or feel really balanced in my professional life and my personal life. And yeah. everything felt completely lopsided. I don't know. Do you guys relate to that or what? Like oh, in um, your own way or? Yeah, I'm really glad you actually touched upon that because, you know, there are a lot of people, you know, going through that and shout out to all the people, you know, uh, fathers and mothers who are, who had to try to figure that out and are still doing that because I can't even imagine, like, I'm sure, you know, your daughter looks at you and they see your home. So they're like, okay, you know, now I get attention or this or that. But again, like you said, going to the office to be more productive. And for me, I didn't stop. I did not work at home. So I did continue to go into my place of work. Right. So I can't imagine. The other thing what I realize is, is working from home, I think would have been more difficult in that I would be in the same space. And I feel like it was good for me to get out of the house and to even go and even though I have small teams to even go interact with those small teams and come back and to my home, which is comfortable and safe and uh, where I can rest and and get that rather than have it all together, which would have been, I think, difficult. Oh, it's like worlds collide, Jerry. Like it feels like, no, this is my safe place at home. Like you said, my unwinding, my relaxing. And it's like, you want me to move and shake in this place where I've already kind of created a, an attachment like a, or identification in the environment as like relaxing. You get home from work, you like, you know, melt into your couch or like however you want to spend your off time or whatever. But like to mix your leisure world and your like hustle world was challenging for me. Like I, I'm, I'm the same. I need to get out of the house. I need to work and I'm, and I'm so productive. And I didn't realize how, how big that, that gap was until I, until our office building opened back up and like I was in there and it was like, this high intensity right away and I was like I love this this is like the best feeling to have this and then to come home so um yeah like it scares me when I see those posts on like LinkedIn or whatever that it's like office culture is dead I'm like no 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 we're not doing that like office culture is not dead long live the office I want to keep doing (laughs) I want to keep doing this and and like in the same breath I get the positives of like if you're having a stressful moment looking out your window and seeing trees in your backyard and like making it whatever a tea and like having those gaps but I mean the view outside my office is pretty incredible so I feel like I have that there anyway and um I'm like a squirrel at home I get too distracted and then I'm like organizing the pot and pan cabinet in between meetings and stuff. It's all over the place for me. Yeah, yeah. And and obviously, you know, having to then balance, like when you go, I imagine you go to the office, this is my office hat, this is my Jade, you know, Jade's work mode. And then now at home, you'd have to, you know, I got to play mommy hat and then I play, play Jade hat and I play, you know, 
fix the house hat and there's all these too many things that you're balancing. But, um, you know, I, I think I think if anything, they should highlight for society at large the need for maybe a little bit more balance and resources. So like maybe, you know, again, options like, hey, if you want to work three days uh, from home or you need to or you need to change your hours, great. But, you know, have the option to be able to go into the office. I think these are great things that we can look, hopefully reevaluate. And also number of hours that we're all working. <laughs> Maybe it gets a little bit crazy. Maybe we all don't need to work, uh, you know, 40 hours a week or, or 40 plus hours a week. And if we're efficient, we can get things done in, you know, eight hours, six hours a day, four hours a day. I mean, there's enough studies out there that show that how uh, people are able to focus at 45 minute intervals is probably best. Not really, you know, go, 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 go. And people need breaks. But yeah, I, I think if anything, this should open the conversation as to how we can reformat uh, our work life to better suit our needs as a hundred percent couldn't agree more so yes i mean that's that's an offshoot that's a positive offshoot and yeah like i love that it's kind of sparking that conversation i couldn't agree more about the flexibility and what works for you because some people don't like the office and don't th- like some people are thriving in their homework environment which i get yeah. but yeah. i don't know like it's a dance everyone has to figure out what's kind of working but for me and my personality i was like whoa get me back to the office like Mm -hmm. yesterday so that was that was hard that was hard for me i feel happiest when i'm i'm productive and like i'm working away at things so that's that's what brings me joy so i don't know like lessons learned it it kind of like i said refocus some stuff and then the other thing like to touch yeah hold on yeah so uh one of the things that happened the pandemic is that I don't think I've wore like jeans or like like all the time like because I'm zooming all the time, right? So I usually just like <laughs> don't wear people. pants. Uh, well, I wear pants. But I wear like <laughs> pants. So I don't think I've really like dressed up in like over a year. Like it's it's just it's a weird feeling. But like I'm just dressing very comfortable all the time rather than I guess fashionable. I've noticed. <laughs> 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 I kind of miss that, right? Because like, I don't know, like you want to, if I put on a nice pair of, you know, jeans or like a nice, even a nice top, I want to be going somewhere and not to just like the grocery store and coming back to just sit on my couch. So yeah, a lot of that, that's been an interesting change for me in in that sense of, you know, just really staying at home a lot to do the work. But as as with you, Jade, like I've, there's been a lot of positives that happened this year. Um, And we can talk about those uh, next. But yeah, not not too many negatives after I dealt with the anxiety of the emotions of the pandemic. Like once I was able to deal with that and, and clear some of that stuff up, then I was able to actually maximize my time again. And I was and, you know, like for me, like that's the main thing. And a lot of times when you can't balance your mind, everything's going to be off, you know, and that's uh, the hard thing about working at home. You can't balance your emotions that well because you got you know, deliverables for your work, but plus you have this child that wants your love and she sees you there and it's just like, it, it pulls on too many strings and it's hard to balance who you are. Oh so. yeah. Well, and yeah, also so. I want to say about the thing, like when I wanted to go, when I was getting ready to go back to work, I was telling my colleagues, like I'm wearing a ball gown on the first day because I felt like that, that same thing. Like I love getting dressed, like fashion is a way that I express myself. So to not have that or feel like there's no reason to like really get put together because you have no like meetings in the community, that was a hard one for me too. So I relate to your sweatpants, you know, stuff and wanting to just go over the top when I was able to go back to work. And so I'm okay with like 
getting done up to go to the the you know the market or whatever but yeah that's a matter of of preference but you can only wear sweatpants like so many days in a row and then it's like okay come on we have to do something else <laughs> well actually it's not true i can do it seven days a week <laughs> i i have i have around like seven pairs i'm good to go <laughs> i'm set you're an anomaly <laughs> completely set well when the pandemic hit that's when i went and bought some more i knew I foresaw it was an he excuse. Yeah, he didn't uh, stock up on toilet paper. He stocked <laughs> up on sweatpants. Smart man. So, Jade, what's uh, I, I know you had a couple like amazing things happen this year. And the one was you had like a documentary uh, that was filmed. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So last. So one of the I know I've talked about my overdose prevention work on here previously, but um, I've been doing that for the last few years. And when the funder told me that she, uh, they were going to wrap up the initiative and that they wanted basically a way to like tie together all the loose ends of like all the things that we had learned. And so much of the work was around anti-stigma and just really educating people on how bad the overdose crisis is here in BC and and how far reaching it is, how heavy the impact has been on our community and just a struggle figuring out how to support people and how to support families that are trying to support people or their loved ones, navigate all that. And so I decided last year, probably in January, no, yeah, in January, February that I wanted to do this, I wanted to produce um like a mini documentary so i was just gonna basically i wasn't sure what it was gonna look like but i knew it would be like a knowledge product that i could disseminate in the community to stakeholders social service agencies uh, different people that that work in some capacity or relation to addiction and recovery supports harm reduction initiatives things like that so i planned this i had this brilliant plan in mind about how I was going to contract a videographer and pull some peers and different people that I had worked with over the last three years and we were gonna we were gonna film a mini documentary and and then the pandemic hit and I kind of got scared thinking there's no way I'm gonna be able to pull this off because we can't see people we can't go places I can't even have a screening because I had like from start to finish everything like mapped out in my mind of how I wanted it to look. So then everything changed. And so kind of had to like either throw it in the trash or dovetail and figure out a way I could do it that might not be as grand of a vision as I initially had, but still meet the end goal. So I decided I was still going to do it. And in the 11th hour, um, garnered some support from some other people in the community that were interested in the the topic um and interested in the in the effort so we ended up gathering a little bit more money to kind of supplement it and found some people to participate found an amazing videographer to film it and edit it and the ball got rolling so between like go time and and the end, you know, end product was probably like not even six weeks, five weeks. And we just, we just pulled it together. And it was really cool because it, it, it kind of paid homage to, cause I don't know if you, if you guys know this, but the indigenous population in 
in my community in BC is disproportionately impacted by overdose use and misuse and, and or opioid use and misuse. And, you know, we have a really high Indigenous population and the culture here, it's strong and super robust. And so we really just wanted to give a nod to the culture and, and give a nod to particularly the women who are struggling with addiction and recovery and and do that. So we incorporated a cultural element into the into the documentary. The website is actually callingoftheheart.ca. You guys can go check out the documentary if you'd like to. It's very short. It's like 11 minutes, but it features some people that I've worked with over the last three years, peers and support workers or uh, A&D, alcohol and drug counselors. And yeah, we threw it together. But the 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 main premise of of the project was just really inspiring people to change the way they talk about people struggling with addiction and how we frame that up and how that can be detrimental to people struggling. Like the one peer in the video, she she'd struggled with addiction for many years and you know, she talks about someone walking by her when she was at her extremely low point in her life and someone throwing a shoe at her and, you know, calling her a derogatory name and just how much she struggled with being a human and having that experience and just already feeling so low and then feeling like a random stranger who doesn't even know you or doesn't even know your story, kicking you when you're down and throwing a shoe at you. And, you know, for her, it's like, you know, that was a huge moment, a horrible moment that she's had to process and, and, and cope with. So a lot of conversation about that. And I'm just really proud of how it turned out and amazing traction. Like right away, we got like 38,000 views, like in the first little bit on social media, just, you know, blasted it out there to all our networks and, and just making an effort to share it and inspire conversation. So that was definitely a, ma- a major win, and I'm really proud of the way that we adapted to the circumstances and made it happen, even though, you know, we were trying to figure everything out with social distancing and stuff. And, and like, another important thing to, to note is that through the pandemic, it's been, like, a major public health crisis and, and has thrown many curveballs our way, but, you know, there's other concerns uh, in terms of health and well-being through the pandemic and isolation and not being able to go to support meetings, maintain sobriety. Lots of people I know have taken a few steps backwards because they're unable to get the support in the same way. Like people who really rely on going to meetings to maintain their their recovery. Yeah. Um, so lots of unintended struggles have emerged through the pandemic and overdoses extremely high in my community, worse than it's ever been. And a lot of that points to issues related to the the pandemic directly. Wow, thank you. And again, I'm I'm proud of you too. That's a, that's such a quite uh, a great topic to cover, especially where uh, in Canada, you know, and just to reiterate where, you know, that's uh, British Columbia, Canada, the West Coast uh, for our international listeners. And it's, uh, you know, again, it's something that we're seeing more and more of and and you've just added something beautiful to that movement you know that's a movement that's moving forward in terms of understanding and giving people the respect um that they haven't had in the past like you know when you're throwing a shoe at someone or you know 
talking to them like they're not even human um, that's not helping not only that person but it's not helping society at large move forward and helping the, rec the whole institutions of recovery and uh, from addiction. So, you know, that's incredible. And, and I can't wait to see it myself. Is that something that uh, you're excited about doing more projects like that? I would love to. Like, I, I'm just so excited I got to add that to my resume. Like, it's, it's an amazing thing. And I'm happy that I had the support in terms of the agency that funded the project and you know all their hard work in keeping that conversation going so that's great i mean i love just pulling it together and producing and having the idea and then see it materialize has always been a really cool experience for me but this is something completely different that i never usually i write reports about my projects and you know the times new roman 12 point font and it it feels very technical and organized and and but i mean this i find it's it's calling of the heart is you know what we called the 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 video and it was like how can we pull on heartstrings that's not a report that feels lifeless and like oh this is what we did and this is how we met the deliverables it's like putting humans in something and like these are real people that i've worked with that i've cried in my car with that I've had lunch with that I've held hands, supported, like so many ups and downs. There's so many meaningful relationships with the people that are in, you know, in the video. So it's like I can't watch it without crying because it's personal to me. And so it's a really cool way to breathe life into, you know, a reporting strategy and just giving it vitality and color and meaning. And so anytime I can do that, I mean, as much as I love writing technical reports, this is like life, human life. And it's so powerful. It's incredibly powerful. So yeah, of course, if I can do, if I can do more of this, maybe I have a future in short film production or something yeah. like that. I don't, I don't know. No, we'll well, that's where it goes. And I think that's the beauty of it is because obviously you have to have, you know, to, it's great to have a love and a passion for it and not you know it's like a it's like a child you've raised it you create this this project like it like a child you see it from inception to the end and if you feel great about it i'd say hey move, keep going because like again you it, i could just see more and more of those type of projects and it's such a beautiful topic and it's so helpful to get those faces out and to get those voices and to actually have those conversations and again, this is this is why I do the podcast. This is why we all do the podcast is to kind of have a, a conversation when you hear the voice, when you're talking. It's so much different than someone reading an article about grief or reading it from a book. It has more of an intimacy. And now on video, you can see them, you can hear them, you can see the tear shed. That's that's beautiful. And hopefully, again, it it changes hearts and, and those people who didn't respect people who are recovering or didn't respect people, you know, who from and, First Nations uh, background, then they can see those uh, videos and, and hopefully change their hearts. Absolutely. Absolutely. So great. So yeah, I mean, if the, if the initiative is there, if the resources are there, then I of course would love to execute. If anyone's listening to this and lives on the West coast of Canada and has, has an interest in pursuing some kind of thing i mean i'm game to explore it for sure and it's been a learning curve and but it's been great and i'm just a major win for me in the community 
uh, uh, this year amidst lots of challenges. So uh, that that part isn't lost on me and I feel grateful. Yeah, I remember when I first saw that, I was actually really shocked on the numbers and how more people were dying from overdose than COVID, but yet all the attention is on COVID in the community. And I think that's just, a, it's a weird, weird thing for me because shouldn't we be looking at the thing that's killing the community members the most and try to tackle that as this pandemic is going on? And it's just, it seems to fly under the radar for a lot of people. I don't know if it's because people blame those people, but with COVID, it's like anyone can get it kind of thing. I'm not sure if that's sort of the reason behind it, but it definitely shocked me and not really understanding the significance of that problem in anywhere in the world, right? Like, cause those numbers aren't really reported. All you hear is like the COVID numbers on who's got it, who's been tested, who's symptomatic, who's died. But like, I'm really curious now about the other numbers. Like, no, tell me, okay, those nice. Thank you for those numbers. But what about the overdoses since the pandemic started? How has that changed from the year prior? You know, and let's take a look at that or, you know, like all that sort of stuff. So it's uh, it opened my eyes to like just like what people aren't talking about that we need to talk about. So I was really uh, hopeful that that started with starting the conversation a little bit more. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And, you know, those are valid questions. Why aren't why aren't we? Why isn't the conversation about that? But yeah, I, I, I would. My experience has said, you know, there's lots about discussions to be had around. If you get COVID, you're you're a victim, and lots of people view those struggling with addiction as you know bringing it on themselves, or or they you know people are forced to take ownership for their struggles with substances. That's just yeah. like how the narrative has been. So and it's not going to change, anyways. you know, like because of COVID, right? So it's it flew under the radar before, and it's probably still going to again. But it's just nice that we can bring it up and say, like, if you're interested, you know, watch the video. We'll put the link on the show notes so people can click on that and, and watch it. Cool. Love that. So the other great thing that we uh, we did this year, which was phenomenal, is we started an online course. Yes. So we joined the Teachable family, which is so cool. <laughs> it, it is so cool. I'm really excited about that because... You know, it was one of the dreams I've had for a long time. Because we did two workshops, one's on like relationships, the other one's on grief dreams. And I guess I'll just talk about the relationships one first. So it's been uh, one of those things I always wanted to talk about, but there was never really the right time. Like, you can't really talk about it too much on the Grief Dreams podcast because this, no, no one's interviewing me. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, and usually when I do talks, it's always on grief dream stuff. And you try to slide some stuff in about love and relationships. But this was the first time we got to actually talk about it. And we both got to talk about it, which is phenomenal because we used to be uh, married. Now we're divorced. And to be able to talk about how can we still be you know, best friends among all that and to be able to talk about relationships and how we grew a relationship through it all is uh, one of the remarkable things that you know, I see in my own life. Because I know when I started dating afterwards, one of the, the major things where people couldn't understand how we we're still friends. Even to this day, people don't understand it. And I think that's, for me, that's, that's fascinating because like, why, why can't we love those people that we, all, we, that we used to love, right? Like, why do we have to close our heart to those that we're not together with anymore? And the course, I felt, it was just a way that I could open my heart and to try to tell people that, that there's another way 
that is about keeping your heart open at the same time of saying goodbye. Yeah. Radical. What was, what was your thoughts on, uh, on doing that? I know it was exciting for you too, to be able to do it's something the, like Absolutely. It's the best conversation because uh, like what a wild road we've been on together. Like I, I, th- I think we've talked about this before, but I mean, we've known each other since like the third grade and long time. And our relationship has shape shifted so much. And I'm so proud of our relationship and where we've gone and where we've been. And it's just awesome to have, to have that. And, and yeah, you're right. When you split from somebody for whatever reason, where does that love go? Like I never really understood how, you know, people talk bad about their exes because I feel like at, at, at one point in time, you guys, you know, loved each other. You cooked a Valentine's meal or you met her grandma or like, you know, whatever you went on a road trip or you, you know, were intimate or whatever that looks like. And it's like at that point in your life, you shared love with that person and re- honor that, respect that. And even if it didn't keep going, then it's like, don't get petty about it. <laughs> like, I just feel like we, you have to honor those relationships, but you really have to honor the relationships that have supported you and just been so steadfast. And that's obviously how I feel about our engagement. And it's just, it's so cool. And it like in the same breath, I feel like we haven't really been able to fully address, like there's so much more we could talk about. Like we probably could have done like, or can do like 10 courses on the same topic because we do have lots of material. And so it felt like, it was a Coles notes kind of version, but I'm just honored to do it. And it just feels so good to share those teachings and honor it and celebrate it and put it out into the world. Incredibly therapeutic and exciting. And obviously we're both passionate, you know, about our relationship and all the beautiful things that it has taught us. So a huge win. I know we've been talking about doing it for a long time and I'm I'm grateful that it's out in the world. So, yeah. So it's called Crazy in Love: Using Romantic Relationships as a Vehicle for Growth. And yeah, so we talk about you know why we even look for relationships, talk about being in relationships, breaking up, self care, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, there's just so much for anyone that is in a relationship or seeking a relationship, and what you should think about and different ways to process some of the emotions that occur, so you don't lose yourself w- while you. Uh, look for a partner to be with and i think that's sort of the, the main thing is you know how can we use these moments to understand ourselves better so we can be more loving in this world absolutely and it's about creating a whole self to bring to the relationship because that's one thing i never had i was incredibly codependent you know and you really taught me a lot about you know one thing i really admired about the way you behaved was that like you weren't so wrapped up in me because you were so focused on your personal goals. And at first it made me mad and then it made me kind of jealous. And then it inspired me. Like I went through all these kind of stages of like, you know, he's not wrapped up and codependent in me. Like that was really hard for me because it's like, I had always been in like needy relationships before, but, but you just were really good at balancing your your personal aspirations your career your school your work uh with me and it and it wasn't like abandoned and and i find people do that all the time abandon their 
personal things to be like so immersed in this relationship that they forget where they're going or what their dreams are or who they are independent of that partnership. And that was something you were so good at setting those boundaries and just really modeling that for me. Like this is how you be in a partnership and and you're so stubborn with the boundaries, like, you know, and saying, I have to do this and the time management and all the stuff. And, and, and because I didn't have those qualities or hadn't nurtured that in myself, like I said, at first it made me, you know, mad. Um, and then as like time went on, it was like, how does he do that? How does he take care of himself and not throw everything into me, but still allow me to feel so loved and supported at the same time. Like that's alien to me. I don't know how somebody does that. So great. That's just one of the thousands of teaching moments I had through our partnership. And Hey, I'm, I'm pretty damn good at doing that now. So somewhere along the way, you know, I, I absorbed some of this stuff. So yeah, we talk about that in the course and, um, you know, it's so funny because there's, I've had lots of conversations with people and say, it's a unicorn. Like nobody's friends with their ex-husband and like I am, and I'm, I'm proud of that. And I want to demonstrate how we were able to do that. And you can't be in like your ego space all the time and, and manage that because, and you also have to operate from, from a point of my partner is not here to entertain me. Like you don't owe me anything as a person. You're not here to entertain me is the best way I can put it. You're just going through your life. And if we're lucky, we can hold hands for a bit and support each other to the best of our ability, but takes a lot of pressure off and, you know, makes things lighter. So I hope whoever, whoever takes the course gets something out of it and, and, you know, can pick up on the passion that's there and the beautiful teachings. I agree. There's so much in there. So if anyone's really interested in that, they can go to the griefdreams.ca website and basically all the information's on there through the uh, online course function uh, tab there. And so I would want to say too, with that course and the other course, I think uh, in February we'll offer a coupon code. How much do you want to percent off? You want to do 21% off for the month of February? Mm -hmm. Let's do that. All right. So you so if you go to um when you when you check out, just do twenty one off and off will be in all capital letters and you'll get twenty one percent off the the course. So I think that that's a great starting point, especially with February is the month of love and we we get caught up in do we have a partner, do we not? How am I supposed to get the other person to love me more? Or how do I facilitate my love? And you know, the course talks about that. So I think it's a good month for people to reevaluate how they love and what their focus is within a relationship. Agreed. Beautiful. I love Beautiful. It. All right. And the other thing that came out was the, uh, uh, a grief dreams workshop that I put out, which for me, like it's been a long time coming, you know, like ever since I did my master's, what, 12 years ago, I wanted to be able to raise awareness on some of the stuff that I was seeing. And like the only way academics really knew how to do that before was to publish work and i've published a ton of work two more came out last year i got two more coming out this year and then you know but it's still not connecting with you know the public as sort of you know people have said it, it probably would have and so i'm like how do you connect with the public the easiest and it's just an online workshop so for me it's always been like this is like from the end goal of trying to educate the world in a topic that no one really knows anything about 
and like you'll maybe read an article here and there, but you don't really fully understand the topic because it's just you just can't put it all in a journal article. So this is actually it was a, a, a long course. I think it's like nine, 10 hours uh, where you actually get to look at the literature on it. And we talk about you know sleep, dreams, grief, dreams. There's so many aspects of the topic that we look at and also how to work with these dreams too. So that's also on there. So if you're interested in that, this is a time to to upgrade your your knowledge on the topic because it can help you with anyone you meet. It can help you even with yourself when you have these dreams as you move forward. So yeah, super excited that it's out. Now anyone in the world can can do that. And I felt like I achieved a goal, like a long, a long lost goal that like I forgot I even had until I like put it out. And you know, and then I realized there was this huge weight off my off my back. And there was such it was the freeingness of it all was phenomenal. And I can't really explain it, but it did something to my soul in the sense of, oh, you're right. This is what I've been working for. Not so I wasn't really trying to get the PhD. That was just the outcome of trying to educate the world. But no, now it's there. Now anyone in the world can just take it. Like I don't have to go and do a talk in Istanbul, right? Like I can actually just say, hey, take this course. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> if you have any questions, you know, let me know and we can talk about it. So now it's just like it's just available. And I feel like, okay, like I did my part. And now like 2021 is is something new. It's a different story moving forward. I'm really trying to focus now on now that these goals are done these long goals, you know, what else can I, what can I work on in myself? And it's really about having fun. I've been, uh, I don't know, Sean knows this, but I've been playing video games. It's been the first time in like, oh man, it must've been like five, six years, maybe longer um, than after you played video games just for fun, right? I didn't have like an assignment due. Like I, could, I had the time to enjoy life now. And I feel like that's where 2021 is all about for me now. It's about enjoying life rather than trying to build my life. Or build it's the about foundation. gaming hard. Yeah, gaming hard. <laughs> Killing some orcs in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> no hey, that's for me. fun. Because you are like, you have an insane, like your work ethic is, is insane. It has been insane since I've, I've, the whole time I've known you. So good for you. That's great. Fabulous. Thanks. Yeah, so that's why. So I what know. else is on the agenda for, for enjoying and, okay, gaming and what else? <laughs> Well, I want to do another course. <laughs> <laughs> Write four more or four more articles. Well, and it's just and well, it, well, do the pod, like continue to do the podcast, but there's a more right. freeing feeling because you have the time to enjoy other things like reading books. I'm reading some books now. I never wrote like the only books I ever read were based on grief dreams or like journal <laughs> articles. I'm, I'm reading books for fun, and it's just having that time, spending more time walking out there. You know, it's just. It's one of those things where I never had the time to focus on because I was so dedicated to these other goals. And now it's like, oh, I have so much time. Like, what do I want to do? What do I want to try? Probably cook different meals I've never cooked before. It's just like this freeing quality to it. And also spending time answering questions that I get. Like, hey, people all over the world, you know, still message me about grief dreams. And people have the time and not feel rushed or feel like anxious to try, like, not have the time to to email them back, but to be able to be, okay, I'll get to that today and, and to not, not have that push. It's amazing. So, you know, I'm just, I'm grateful to see what, what happens now. Um, and to really celebrate that goal and that win. I think that's a great, a great theme in general for all of us is balance is, is plays a part and striving for that balance. And sometimes you have, uh, you're out of 
balance a little bit, trying to accomplish certain goals, and you, you end up feeling it if it takes too long. And then we go back to understanding, go back to the center and realize that, hey, we need it all to align um, the way it should be. And you got to feed those buckets when when they're a little bit empty. And that's that's where, where work comes in. That's where personal goals come in. That's where relationships come in. That's where your your social self-care time comes in. And that's where, you know, gaming or going for walks or, or cooking meals or, you know, whatever it is that gets you um gets you i guess free enough and and more like a childlike enough you know gardening whatever it is for you yeah and i'm i'm really working at that i'm i'm i don't know i think i've been in like a um a restorative like you know because i feel like when i was younger i just was so frivolous with my time and energy and then it was like okay that's not good and you know going completely the other way and so you just get in this like working mode and like I have to achieve or I have to make up for lost time kind of and and I too feel like I'm getting to a point now where it's like I can take a deep breath and like okay do a little bit more leisure stuff and I don't have to work so hard to claw myself out of the bucket so yeah I feel like in a lot of ways I'm kind of at the same point Josh like it's it's like I can kind of take my foot off the gas a little bit and and enjoy and it's good like podcasting because there's there's like not any deadlines or to work on projects but not feel that intensity of like I have a deadline or it's highly structured is is a, is a really cool feeling and I think just the participation in it comes out different when you're relaxed or you don't have an end goal I guess or like you know a goal post that that can't be moved that's so true that's so true. So yeah, here we go, 2021. I think it's been a, a good episode to just talk about some of the new things and refresh people on where we're at. Because I think you know, like we matter too, and I'm I'm glad to be able to talk to you guys uh, all the time. Like I talk to you guys every day, almost. Where you know, like the the audience never gets a chance to see that side of us. But yeah, we're all good friends, and so it's nice to just be able to catch up together on air and to see where this. Uh, crazy 2021 takes us all and you know i said the podcast is still running so that's great and i'm really excited for that because it's one of those things that brings so much meaning to my life like before i had to like do research i had to do all i do a lot of things and maximize my time to feel my life was meaningful in a way but now like one podcast gives me enough meaning to you know for the week so it's it's great to be able to have that within my life and to be able to get to know people constantly every week with the different guests that we have on. So I want to thank all the guests who do come on and all the people who listen, because that means a lot to, to me personally that you're getting something out of this and you're following us. And if you have any questions, if you want to be a guest, you know, just let us know. And we have a pretty long wait list to get on, but Hey, you know, it's, it's one of those things that if you're interested in, now's the time to let us know. Absolutely. And thank you for saying that we matter because we absolutely do. And I just, I just think this endeavor has been so amazing and cool and i'm so proud of that we're still here and we've made this work despite you know because we all have other obligations and life is busy and i mean let's be real the 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 pay i mean it gives you meaning but it's time and energy and and the pay is low (laughs) so so you know you want to make space for it and obviously you know we have the passion to kind of keep going with it and i'm just proud of what started as an idea is now 
you know, where we're at. And, and that's pretty badass. I love that. And, and obviously this means a lot to me too. The topic is important and it makes me feel vital and alive. So to anybody who's ever downloaded an episode or tuned in for an episode or been on the, on the show, I too am, I would like to, you know, express my gratitude for that. And just thanks for being here and uh, to Sean and, and Josh as well. And just, I'm happy we're, we're still standing. And it's crazy. 15 more episodes. We're at 200. Can you believe it? So we'll be at 200 within this year. Yeah. And uh, again, you know, it's been a quick, it's been a fast four years plus now. We're on our fifth year now of doing this. And yeah, to look back and to see, and, and I'm proud of all of it. I'm proud of each and every one of you. And it's, it's again, it's a project that gives me joy and that's been a bright spot in 2020 and now moving forward into 21, uh, 2021, you know, that's another thing that I can look at and you're right. It, the pay might be low, but it's high reward in other areas. Uh, and hopefully that, uh, and again, thank uh, to remind me, thank you to all our Patreon supporters and all those that have been supporting us. Uh, we really yes. all that. And, Again, it's just one of those things that like we do it because we love it. We all have, you know, regular full-time jobs. But at the end of the day, this is something that we continue to do because it gives, uh, rejuvenates us and it, it fulfills that uh, part of me that otherwise would not be as fulfilled or in other endeavors. But yeah, it's it's been a great and I've nothing but excitement for what's coming up and all the guests that we'll, we'll get to speak to. And one last thing I want to add is that we had the Creep Dreams newsletter that came out recently. So hopefully you guys had a chance to read it. There's some very interesting news about just us as a team, some articles that came out, and then some academic articles. But also there is uh, a lot of cool Creep Dream stories in there that people have submitted. And so if you haven't got it, don't worry. You can go back to the griefdreams.ca website. And if you go to Grief Dreams, there's a tab for newsletters and so if you go there you can just click on and download the newsletter and read that we have all the other newsletters within there and so each newsletter has you know one or two really interesting grief dream stories that help people in their time of need and so if you're looking for maybe uh you know like a a pick me up a lot of these dreams can really do that They, they do that to me just to be able to see the love that can come through some of these experiences and how it can change people's lives so that's uh, Sean. So that's one way people can go. You want to wrap this up now? Totally. And uh, so, yeah, everybody can check out the platform, griefdreams.ca. And like we talked about earlier, those uh, courses are on there as well. So you can check that out. If you would like to contribute, like I'd mentioned, uh, there's links to that on the website uh, where you can do that. If you have Facebook, you can join the Grief Dreams group. You can share your dreams or hear more dreams of others. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Grief Dreams. And as always, we like to end the podcast with love and gratitude from us to you. Just myself, you have introduced yourself. This is a very good conversation.